Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. All right. Okay. Are you guys ready to hear the receive the word today? Come on. Um, I would encourage you to get your Bibles, pencils, notebooks, all of that. You can text notes to that number. Thank you. Wow, that was amazing, Ethan. Your timing is amazing. Um, you can text it to that number, get those to you that you can fill out. I would encourage you to do that. We're going to hear today from two of our leaders. We originally were going to hear from three, but Sheila uh, Taylor, has she's been fighting a fever and sick and all of that, and so she wasn't able to share today, but that's okay because she'll be able to share in the future, and it's going to be awesome. This idea of this weekend is to really allow there to be space where some of our leadership team could be able to start imparting to the church. We have some incredible people on our leadership team. We are so blessed. And so I and Ellie have been really just excited about this opportunity for them to be able to share with you today. We have two people who are going to be doing this today, and we'll, we'll see, you know, I would plan for lunch probably to be around three o'clock, and, um, you know, then it'll be good for you. I'm just kidding. That was a joke, kind of. Um, But first up today, we're going to have Lane Smith come up. Come on up here, Lane. Come on. Can we put our hands together for Lane? Lane and his wife, Leanne, are some amazing people. We love them so, so much. They lead Encounter Youth with their team and are just incredible people that are caring for and loving your kids. And they do a fantastic, phenomenal job. I've gotten to sit a couple of times with uh, while Lane has spoken at, uh, at Youth, and it's just been so awesome and so life-giving. And so today, I'm really excited for Lane to be able to uh, share with you what God's put on his heart. Come on, one more time. Can we welcome Lane this morning? You guys look nervous. <laughs> you can laugh more about, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a jokes. It's, it's fine. Um, first off, I just want to say thank you to Ellie and Jason for giving us this opportunity to be up here to speak to you guys, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us and impart wisdom to you guys. Um, they've been taking us through the series of the Holy Spirit, and it's not always an easy one. So I just want to say thank you to you guys for being just listeners of the Holy Spirit and just allowing him to speak through you in this, in this topic that's always a fun one. So thank you. I'm going to start off by praying because I want the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to speak to you and not Lane because I will mess it up. You can say amen. It's okay. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we just ask that you come in and that your words are heard through my voice, Lord. Just speak your wisdom to everyone that can hear my voice, God. It's not about me. It's about you and who you are. And we just ask for that wisdom to be imparted into us today. I know you have a word for the congregation, and I know for sure you have a word for me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So why do we get stuck in these cycles that seem to break us? We go around and around doing the same thing over and over, and and we wonder why that our life doesn't change. We wonder why it doesn't improve or get better as time goes on, but we're still doing the same thing over and over. Seems like a never-ending cycle, right? A cycle that just seems like we're never gonna break free from. At least that's what it was like for me. 
I had, you know, this cycle of, no, you know, I was saved. I loved Jesus. I knew where I was going when I died. But that was about it. Ever since I was young, I would go to church on Sundays, and then I would go back to my normal life Monday through Saturday. It was a separate thing. No plan, no purpose, just kind of going through the motions. Eventually, even church wasn't a consistent part of my life anymore. I just kind of, you know, go when I felt like it. Easter's coming up. I'll go on Easter, Christmas, stuff like that. Um, The cycle continued into my 30s. Uh, just a cycle uh, that always led to pain, hurt, loneliness, emptiness, never feeling fulfilled, always the same. I had two separate lives, church, and then my normal life, right? Right. Acting different at church, and then being a completely different person on the weekdays. Um, I had my church music, (laughs) which I love now, and then my work music, right? They were different, different stations, different playlists. Um, I had church friends. I had other friends, my normal friends, right? You get the picture. (laughs) Not healthy. It continued like this for a long time until I allowed the Holy Spirit to start guiding me and speaking into my life and actually listening to him. Um, did you know that there's an alligator? I told uh, Trevor I was going to talk about alligators today. I was not lying. Um, there's an alligator that will actually freeze itself to the surface of the water in order to survive when the water freezes. Um, the American alligator senses that the water is going to freeze overnight, and it will stick its nostrils out of the water and allow the water to freeze around its snout and around its body in order to survive. It's a process called brumation. It's frozen, it's stuck in place, it's not going anywhere, and it's just kind of surviving. Not doing a whole lot. It can't do anything that it was designed to do other than just survive. That's all. It's not growing, it's not thriving, it's just there, waiting. It's not until the environment around him changes that he can continue to live his life how he should. Starts to live again. Starts to have purpose again. Can do the things he was designed to do again. That's how I felt. Stuck in place. Everything around me just kind of, you know, doing its thing, but I was just kind of there. No power, no purpose, no plan, just frozen in the water. (laughs) See, I was always hanging around with the same people, listening to the same music, people, you know, that weren't building me up, music that was speaking things into my life that it shouldn't, watching the same crap. Can I say crap, Jason? Is crap okay to say? Watching the same crap just eating away at my life every time I turned on my shows, right? I was stuck. Just surviving. Sometimes we need to change our environment around us. We can only grow when we change the environment that we are in. 
Just like a flower's not gonna bloom if it stays in the shade its whole life. A match isn't gonna burn bright if it stays in the box. Just like that, I'm not gonna grow staying surrounded by the world or isolated doing the same old things that I used to do. But we do have hope. We have the Holy Spirit, okay? I know I needed to end the roller coaster of my church life and my normal life. They didn't need to be different, but I had to change something. That began by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me to a community of healing. And here's the funny thing, is there's a community that was already right in front of me. I just hadn't fully embraced that community. I just was kind of, you know, one foot in, one foot out. Go on Sundays, then go back. It was always right in front of me, but I had never fully embraced it. We all need a community that is there for us, that will build us up, that will pray for us, that will have conversations that will grow us and strengthen us and stretch us. A community that not only prays for you, but with you, next to you, in the seat next to you when you're at your lowest, when you're at your highest, one that's right next to you the whole time. You could say we all need healing. When I fully decided to go all in in this community, that's what I needed the most is healing. Healing from my past, healing from the things that I was currently doing that I shouldn't be. And I knew by my past and just being human that I was going to need healing from the stuff that I was going to do in the future. Not that I wanted to do that stuff, right? Paul talks about that. I do the things that I want to I do the things I don't want to do, but I don't do the things I want to do. Anyone? Just me? Okay. Um, (laughs) But I knew I was going to need a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of healing. And that healing is available to us through Jesus. I'm so thankful that Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, shed his blood for us, for you and me, so that he can send his Holy Spirit to empower us. Because I can't do this life on my own. I can't. I can't even raise my kids without the Holy Spirit. I don't know how people are raising kids without the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) But I am so thankful that he sent the Holy Spirit to us for our daily lives. It's the Holy Spirit that makes it possible for us today to find healing and freedom so that we can live this life with the purpose that God has designed us to do. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us access to healing. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us access to freedom. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us access to the Father and the Son. Direct access. We don't have to go to someone else to have access to the Father and the Son. We can go to the Father and the Son because of the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of us. How amazing is that? The Holy Spirit used this next process really to open my eyes to this community of healing that I so desperately needed, that I know everyone needs. It's just a matter of jumping in. Many times I read this verse, uh, James 5.16, and I often got stuck on it. So many times it says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. You can say, man, I struggled with it. (laughs) 
I was always like, yeah, I, I get that, God, but can't I just, you know, here in my bedroom, just talk to you, I'll confess my sins. You already know them, so I'm just going to confess them to you one-on-one, -on -one, you know. You can give me that healing. I can go about my day, call it good. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. <laughs> and he took me to 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Okay, so out salvation, we are joined with his spirit. We become one spirit. Okay, got it, following. Goes uh, on to say in verse 19 that our body is the temple that the Holy Spirit resides in. All right, Holy Spirit, I'm tracking. Got it. Yep, I'm saved. Got the Holy Spirit. Got it. So, you know, we'll just have this conversation right here. If I got the Holy Spirit, I can just confess right now and call it good. He continued to speak to me. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now this, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Okay. So what I'm hearing is we can still do this, God, one-on-one. -on -one. I don't have to talk to anyone. Let's do this. Come on. Nope. To experience true freedom, we need to experience healing. We can't have freedom if our hurts are still just controlling our lives, keeping us bound up in life. So we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. Check. We receive freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. Got it. We are told to confess our sins to one another and pray to receive healing. You see, it's all connected, but it's not about me. Right. It's not about me having a conversation with God and working through my stuff, just me and God. Right. That's not how he designed it. So that's never going to work. That's how I did it my whole life is me and God. Let's do this. But I also had my church life and my normal life. There was no change. The environment hadn't changed. Here's what I came to. It's not about the person you're confessing your sins to. It's about the Holy Spirit that resides inside of them. The person isn't special other than the Holy Spirit that resides in them. That's why we need a community of healing, a community of other believers around us building us up because they also have the Holy Spirit inside of them. That's why there's freedom and healing when you confess your sins to one another. When I sit down to someone, with someone and they're telling their story to me and they're confessing their sins, there's nothing special about Lane. It's not about me. It's about the Holy Spirit inside of me working and able to pour out that healing as we pray with one another. It's not about me. It's about everyone else. It's about the Holy Spirit and him giving us the power. Him giving us the access to the healing, the access to break the bonds of all of our hurts and wounds in our lives. It's not Lane, but I have access to the Holy Spirit to be able to pray with people. You all have access to the Holy Spirit to pray with people and break chains off of their lives, to break strongholds. We downplay the Holy Spirit so much, but it's our power source here on earth. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so we could use it to the benefit of God's glory. Right. Right. Not for our own glory. Right. 
I mean, if Lane's up here preaching, I'm stuttering. I'm forgetting words, maybe forgetting how to talk. <laughs> Lane's going to mess it up. The Holy Spirit, though, will say, I know you don't want to preach. I know you don't like talking in front of people. I know you don't like doing this, but I'm going to empower you to do this because I have a message. This isn't Lane's message. This is the Holy Spirit. It's not me. God created a community of healing and freedom right here in this church. That's how he designed it. That's why in James it says, confess your sins one to another. Not because God can't do it, but because of how he designed it to be done. And when we follow that, we receive the healing. We receive the freedom. It's in this community where our purpose grows. Because once you get rid rid of the, the bonds that are holding you back, when you get rid of all the chains that are holding you down, you begin to find your purpose in life. It's so important to get a community around you that can empower you, that can lift you up, build you up when you're at your lowest. It's not fun being at your lowest and being around everyone else and they're at their lowest and no one mentions God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. It's just like mud. (laughs) All the time. It's not fun. But when you have people around you that love you and care for you and will pray with you, not just for you, not the whole praying for you. How about it? I'm praying. Lord, let's go right into it, right? We need to be a community that prays with one another. Not, one's, not, not a community that says we're going to pray for one another. So my challenge to you today is what environment are you going to change? We all have something that we can change in our lives that can get us closer to the glory of God, that can get us closer to our purpose. We all have something. It doesn't, it, it's not always something super drastic. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit prompting you, hey, you know that show you're watching? Yeah, right. Come on. Do you really think it's benefiting your life and moving you closer to your purpose? That song you really think you love is it really the best thing to listen to before you go into church? This argument you're having on the way to church or the one you might have on the way home? I'm not going to have one on the way home because I haven't said anything about my wife. (laughs) Amen. So what community are you going to thrive in? And I'm not just talking about one life. There's a lot of good churches out there. Yes. I'm talking about the community, the church. Yeah, good. Christ's body. Yeah. It's not just one life. There's so many amazing people. But I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that one life has some amazing people that would love to get to know you no matter where you are in life. Yeah. They've helped me so much. It's not them that are helping me. It's the Holy Spirit inside of them that are empowering them to help me. It's so amazing. It's so amazing to be in leadership meetings and I'm like, oh, we should talk about this and then someone else talking about that. I should pray about this and then someone prays the exact words that I want to pray, the exact thing that I want to pray for because the Holy Spirit's in all of us and talking to all of us is the same Holy Spirit. There's a unity, there's a connection and that's the community we need to be in. I'm just trying to drag this on because you go so long. So 
I got one more thing and then Trevor gets to come up here and we're supposed to go for a couple hours, so. He said we were ending early, but I mean, he's not the one up here talking. <laughs> no, I just want to leave you with this last verse in Psalms 92, 12 through 15. The righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They thrive in the courts of God. They will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green, to declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. Oh, man. I love that so much. I love that so much. How many got something out of that that you took away from that? Okay. Such a good word. Such a good word. I think what he said, the, the piece that he said that I think resonated so clearly with what has been in Ellie and I's heart for our church as One Life is a community of healing. A community of healing. That was so good and so timely. It's what we really believe that God is doing in One Life Church and that is in, in each one of us that God is bringing healing. Um, I can stand before you right now as, as your pastor and say, I have areas of healing that need to take place in my life. I am by no means a perfect person. I have things, deep areas of healing that I need to see happen in my life. And I'm thankful that I'm in a community of people that are committed to that in each other's life. Get in community with one another. Get in community. It's where you'll find strength. It's where you'll find healing. I love that word. Thank you so much. Don't be the alligator. Don't be the alligator. That's the, that's the word for you. All right. You guys ready for more? Yeah. Trevor, come on up, buddy. <clears throat> come on. Trevor is uh, an amazing guy that uh, is kind of, uh, I would say, been kind of in the shadows and kind of just minding his own business until I told him that that day was over. Um, so, <laughs> Trev, obviously you've seen him around. He plays bass very, very faithfully. Um, he just, he and his wife, Bree, um, who we love both of them so much, just stepped on to the leadership team for small groups. So they're partnering with Dustin and Rachel um, in making that all happen in small groups and everything. And so we're just so, so grateful for them. I know that this word that he's going to share from, from his heart for you is not just a, um, not just a flip word. It is a word that comes from deep within him and what he's walked through. And so, um, again, get a new piece of paper, whatever it is, just to put your attention on this, to receive out what God is going to say. Can we give Trevor one more hand as he starts today? Okay, so Lane takes most of the time, which is fine, and we're coming to the end, so this is good. But um, good news and bad news is you're like, Close to lunch. <laughs> Bad news is we only have to cover six chapters. Yeah, so we're good. We'll be quick here. Um, no, so I, I started this. Jason asked me to do this, and it's kind of like, huh, okay. I play bass. <laughs> you know, so speaking is outside of my realm for most of the time, but not today. So um, at the time I, I was asked, I decided, Lord, give me a message because I don't have anything. Yeah. And right away, it was like, Jericho. 
the wall. He's like, yeah, power. And then all of a sudden I had this flood of different, like, oh, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And like two weeks ago, we're having this, three weeks ago, I guess, uh, starting about the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden it was just the Lord poured on back to Jericho and gave me this very clear direction of where to take it. And it was like, all right, God, here we go. So <laughs> I'm not having like a happy message. <laughs> we're going to kind of talk about like the rock bottom, which is where everybody just loves to be and talk about. So you're welcome. <laughs> Has anybody ever hit rock bottom? Everybody walk through a valley sometimes? I'm a crier, just so you know. I'll probably cry my way through this thing. Do it. I have been to rock bottom. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I have walked a valley. Yep. And this is my family. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. My family has walked the valley with me. Right. Okay. So I was thinking about the valley and what it looks like, right? Because we, we walk through this valley and then we come to the end and there's this wall. There's this huge wall of Jericho. It's like, Phew. I thought the hard part was over. And then you're just faced with this huge thing. And so we're, we're going to talk about Joshua and what that looks like and what that walking looked like and what it looked like with Moses. So when, when we have this opportunity to walk through a value, a valley, an opportunity, I'm going to tell you, because sometimes we pray for the wall to fall down before the valley happens. And sometimes our God, who is good and faithful and just, tears the wall down for you. And you don't have to walk the valley. And it brings him glory when he does that. But sometimes God says, not yet. He says, you're going to have to walk it out. I'm going to walk with you. I'm right here with you, but you're going to have to walk it out. So we, we look at this and it's like, okay, I have to walk a valley. I have two ways to walk a valley. And we see this with Moses and we see this with Joshua in two completely different ways. The people of Moses were faithless, right? Every time God showed himself to be faithful, they continued to question they continued to go the other way. They, they right. built altars to other gods after he had delivered them. Right. Yeah. right? Like these people constantly were faithless and disobedient to what the Lord had called them to do. And it was hard. They had to wander for 40 years. I do not want to wander through my valleys for 40 years. Amen. Like I would like my valleys to come to an end. And, and they, it was hard. Right, But there's this other side, and we see this with, with Joshua. And the way that they respond is in faithfulness and obedience. Can we pull up the... Oh, I don't have it up here. I thought I was going to have it right here for you. So I'm going to read to the side. Joshua 1, 5, set, 5 through 7. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to the ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. Notice he doesn't tell us to walk in 
timidity, 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 is that the right word? Yeah, right? Like, strong and courageous. He says it three or four times throughout four verses. Like, we are to be strong and courageous. We have courage because of who walks with us. Not because of who we are. Not because of what I can do. When I'm by myself, I'm wandering. I got 40 years wandering. When I'm walking with someone, I am strong and I'm courageous. And I get on a stage and talk personally to you. Because the Lord, my God, is with me wherever I go. And I will have success. Now, the word success is really confusing when you're a Christian. Because sometimes people say, hey, if you do this thing, you have success. And you'll have riches and you'll have houses and cars and all the great... I'm sorry to tell you that is not what this is saying, right? Like, ah, I'll meditate on my word and you'll have success. You'll have success according to the Lord's success, right? Like he is directing me to do something and I'm going to be faithful to you and you're going to give me success in the thing I'm doing because I'm being faithful and obedient to you, to your word. So as we enter the valley, we have these choices. Am I going to be faithful or am I going to be faithless? I want to be faithful. Right? I, want, I, I don't want to wander. I'm going to walk in faith. So that's what we see happen here, right? Like we are called to be strong and courageous. And in order to do this, to have success, he says, meditate on my word. Don't let it leave your mouth. Like daily. Stay in the word. Stay with me. That's what he's calling us to, right? Like I want relationship with you and I want it all the time. And it's not for my benefit, it's for your benefit. Right? When you turn away from me, you're the one in trouble. I'm still God. That doesn't change. Okay, so we've established that we're going to walk through faithfully. Now, how do we walk through it? Because that's the hard part. Some walls are never going to get reached and they're never going to tear down and you're going to have a struggle for your whole life. And it's painful. Sometimes the wall just doesn't fall until we meet our maker. But I tell you what, every wall will fall on that day. Every wall. There is nothing bigger than our Lord. And when we see him face to face and we walked with faith and obedience, we get to look upon the maker of heaven and earth and know that all that is gone and it is rubble. Sometimes you're going to walk through and you are going to, you are going to come to an end and there is going to be this thing. So how do I get there? How do I walk through this thing? Well, there's a couple things. One, the Lord, actually I want to read these verses now because why he does this, he might want to bring something out in you. Maybe we're going to walk this thing out because I, the Lord your God, want to make something new in you. Bring out a new character. Create some endurance. So uh, let's go to the next one. Let's go to uh, Romans. That's the one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. This hope will not 
disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We carry this power, right? So the things I want to look at in this is endurance comes in this time and it produces character, that proven character, right? So then we could look at James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And endurance have, have its full effect so you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, so we just saw a second ago that endurance produces character. And when it is complete, you lack nothing. So maybe there is something that you have to walk through that's going to be hard and it's not fun, but I'm going to make something new in you. I'm going to make something good in you and I'm going to bring something to completion that you need so that you lack nothing. Yeah? Okay. So as we walk this thing out, we kind of have this idea of like maybe God's doing something in my life. How do I walk it out faithfully? One, the Lord is going to show you that he's with you the whole way. We look at the Israelites have walked through the wilderness. How many times did God said, I'm here with you? There's a pillar of fire. I, I feel like that's the only thing you should need, but there's a pillar of fire. There's manna. I've given provision for you. There's quail. I've given provision for you. And then you look at Joshua and you still look at the Lord who all the way back to Abraham has promised this thing to them. He is being consistent. He is faithful even when the people haven't been. Right? Right? Like he is not, he's a consistent God and he is going to fulfill his covenant with these people. And even as he passes to Joshua and gives Joshua the same power he had given to Moses, you see him with us. They, They send two spies into the city and Rahab of all the people in Jericho is the person who, who hides these guys who keeps them safe and knows that Israel is going to deliver. The Lord provided a safe place. He constantly is showing, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. The Lord will show you the way through. Now, this one also gets a little tricky because, and my wife looked at me and was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. You should probably explain. So I'm going to explain. He's going to show you the way through, right? When the Lord opens a door for you, it's obvious. He is not a God of confusion. Sometimes we ask the Lord what we should do and we don't feel like we have an answer. Sometimes there's not a wrong answer. Sometimes I can take either job and it's my choice to do those things and the Lord is blessing me by my faithfulness in the job, not necessarily what job I choose. Right? But if he wants me to walk through a door, he's going to open that door. Right? He's he's going to direct your path the whole way through. There is no confusion there. Israel was like a week's march away from Canaan before they wandered for 40 years in their faithfulness. So there's like a, a straight path between, the, between where they left Egypt and came into Canaan. But the Lord took them the long way around. And then they had their opportunity and giants, and then they <laughs> ran away and wandered, right? He will, he will give you a path. And when we're faithful to follow his path, things are, things are good. Again, when we aren't faithful, we wander. Okay? The other thing, as we walk in the valley, right? So we're in the valley. You're going through the hard stuff. It can kind of get monotonous. It can be hard. Can we bring up Psalm 23? We all know this one. 
right? The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. What I want to take away from this is when we walk in the valley, it doesn't mean that you're not still in the valley. Things are still hard. I'm in the middle of a really long valley that I've been walking through and walking through, and it's like, when's the valley going to end? Right? But... The crazy thing is, in the middle of this valley, this particular one, my life has been amazing. Because I have a good shepherd. Right? And that good shepherd, in the middle of the darkest valley, what is he doing? He's finding me green pasture and quiet water. He brings rest to your soul. Right? He provides everything I need. He protects. He is a good shepherd who is leading me on a good path. He wants good for me as I walk with him. He's leading before. The shepherd goes before the flock, right? Like, he is providing everything. So I'm walking through. I'm getting to the end. And I have to be fast because I'm running out of time. So, you know. So I've gotten through my valley, right? I'm, I'm walking faithfully in my valley. The Lord is providing my way. And we get to the end and there's a wall. Not just any wall. It's a big wall. It's a fortified wall with people who want to do you harm. Right? Like... Okay, I walked it out. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. How is this ever going to end? Yeah. How is this ever going to end? Because I, I can't tear down that wall. Yeah, right. But the Lord has showed me that He can. Yeah. He has shown me He's with me, and He's walking through. So there's a couple things when we get to the wall that we have to prepare ourselves for this final march around the wall. And, and in the case of Joshua, the Israelites camped on one side of the Jordan. And this is just the coolest thing to me. First, they consecrate themselves. Set yourself apart. Rid yourself of the sin in your life. Ask for forgiveness and repent. Turn away. Right? Like, you are set apart and holy for your maker. I am nothing except your servant for you. Forgive me for my, my iniquities. Make yourself holy to him. Right? That's the first thing they do. They had to be consecrated. There couldn't be sin in the camp to go and attack and win. They had to be set apart. The second thing, the Lord then provides a reminder. He parts. See, I always knew that the Lord like split the Red Sea. Everybody, yes, we know this story. Walked on dry land. Didn't know until... I started reading this again. The Lord does that a second time, but not in the Red Sea. He does it in the Jordan River. So when they go to cross the Jordan River, he's giving them this reminder of like, you came out of Egypt, and I split the waters. I delivered you from these people. Now I'm going to split the waters so you can walk on dry land because I'm going to deliver the people to you. Right? I'm delivering it. So there's this reminder that he comes back and forth and shows us who he is time and again. So he does that. Then we get across the river and he calls us to set up a memorial 
for the past, and my wife also didn't want me to say memorial. I'm gonna be in trouble for this lane, so I might argue on the way home. Uh, she was like, memorial, like, I don't know, that doesn't bring anything, find a different word, and I don't like that word. And she was like, I was like, well, like Washington, D.C., like Lincoln, and she's like, yeah, like Pile Rock. And I was like, exactly. So they set up 12 rocks, right? This is what the tribe had done. They had 12 representatives, and they set up this memorial. Because when you look back on the valleys that you have walked through, and all you can see is the hardship and you don't see the faithfulness of your creator who walked with you, walked through with you, carried you, and you're not reminded of the power of God to get you through the hardest things in your life, then you've missed out. We're called to set up a memorial not to remember the bad, but to remember our faithful Lord. And that as I come to my next valley, when I come to the wall of Jericho and it is going to fall, I know it's going to fall because my God is faithful. He is faithful and he will fulfill his word. He promised Canaan. There was no doubt. So we've prepared. Now it's time to finish this thing off. It's time to be done with this valley. The Lord has called me to tear down this wall. But he doesn't call me to do it on my own. He calls me to do it with him. And he's not going to do it just for me. Mm -hmm. I am an active participant. How many times do we ask for things to go away, but we don't want to do the work to help? The Lord calls you to be an active participant in the relationship with him. I'll tear down walls for you all day. Do what I command. Walk with me. Meditate on my word. And you'll have success. You'll have my success. Not worldly success. Right? And that's what we want. So he calls them into this active walk. And and what that looks like is around this fortified city. Most people probably know this story. Seven days we're going to walk. The first six days we're going to walk once. The last day we're going to walk seven times. We're going to blow some horns and shout real loud. War, right? Like when you are at the peak, I've made it through the valley. I know the Lord's with me. I can fight. I can take it on. I can win this thing. He says, no, I want you to be active with me, but I still show you how it gets torn down. I tear down the wall because the glory is for God. When I make it through and I remember and I have my memorial and I come to tell you about my testimony and say, this is Christ in me this is Christ in me. This is who he is. This is what he did. This is the wall he tore down. Can you believe it? Can you believe he can tear down that wall? It's an active thing. So they're going to march around, but, but they don't just march around. They're going to worship their way around. When we get to the end and there's nothing left but the wall to fall, our God calls us to worship him. And when we worship him, the glory goes to him. And they give out the shout, and the walls fall. And the land that had been promised for so long is now theirs. He did it. But we were a participant with him. Okay? I promise I'm going to finish up really soon, and I'm not going to say any words I'm not supposed to say like Lane does. (laughs) What happens after the wall has fallen down? You've now gone through your valley. You can look back and you can see the faithfulness of God. You've now torn down the wall. What does he call you to do with it? He says, burn it. Burn it all down. 
All of it. He didn't leave any living thing in Jericho. And he said, take the precious metals, purify them, and give them to me. Good. Right? Like you're handing them to him. Yeah. Burn it completely. Good. And I will be with you wherever you go, yeah. and you will be successful. So here's the only problem that, that happens is sometimes we want to hold on to a little bit of the thing we just walked through. Wow. Like, that was not fun, but I kind of like my status. <laughs> it's kind of cool, right? Like, I'm trying to hold on just to this little piece of it. But when you hold on to even the smallest piece of what God has told you to burn down, you now have to have something else cut out. You got to start over, and he has to do something painful in you. Right? And that's not, that's not a fun process. We see this in this story because one of the Israelites, they've just conquered Jericho. God has given them very strict commands of how they're supposed to handle this stuff, and he took a little for himself. Well, I want to burn it all down. I want to give it all to God except this little piece. This little piece I'm going to hang on to. I'm going to bury it way down deep so you guys can't see it. But you can't hide it from God. He's found out. He's found out. And Joshua brings all the tribes together and they go through this crazy process to get down to the one single guy. And they stone him. And they burn him and all of his possessions and his family. Like it is a travesty. I do not want to have to be a part of that body. <laughs> I'd probably be the one getting stoned. <laughs> So let's not go there, right? Like, I don't want to do this painful thing to the people I love. I don't want to have to go through this painful thing, and the Lord doesn't want me to have to go through this painful yeah. thing. Yeah. He doesn't want that. Yeah. Learn from what you're doing. Good. Give it all to me. Yeah. Good. Burn it down. Good. Good. Burn it down. Good work. I'm going to end with this. The Lord knows where you're at right now. Every one of you. You might have a, a valley that you're in and there's no end in sight. You might be in a valley and you see the wall and it's about to come down. Maybe you're in a great place and you don't have a valley. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you are not walking with our Lord and you are in a valley, he wants to. He wants to be your good shepherd. He wants to find green pastures and silent waters and still, stillness for your soul. He's reaching out to you. He's just waiting and saying, come and be with me. And in the midst of your valleys, he can make it great. He can make it great. And if you are walking with our Lord, that is awesome. He's given you a spirit of comfort, right? He's, he, he gave us the comforter. Let him be your comfort. Let him guide you. Meditate on his word day and night. Don't let it leave your mouth. And when the wall comes and that wall falls, remember who the glory goes to. Right, right. Yeah. Right. That's all I got. <laughs>